Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Isaac prayed for his wife. Husbands, that's a great example for us to follow. Plead with the Lord on behalf of your wife. Pray for your wife. Yeah, but my wife isn't barren. Well, I'm sure there's some other things you could pray for, for your wife. She's married to you after all. You could pray about that, you know. (laughs) She's going to put up with you. Plead with the Lord for your wife. In today's message, Pastor Dan has a special call to husbands. In this portion of Genesis, we find the story of Abraham and his wife, Sarah. Sarah had been barren for many years, and Abraham prayed fervently for her. And as husbands who cherish and honor our wives, we too can pray for them unceasingly. While your wife may not be barren, there are struggles present in her life. As her husband, you can help to intercede with her. Praying for and with your wife is a wonderful thing to grow your relationship. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 25 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Genesis 25 is where we left off last time we were together, so we'll pick it up there today. Genesis 25, we left off at verse 12, and if you're visiting today, you picked a a great day to be here, because we're going through a genealogy. (laughs) Verse 12, now this is the genealogy of Ishmael, Abraham's son. Whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's maidservant, bore to Abraham. And these were the names of the sons of Ishmael, by their names, according to their generations. The firstborn of Ishmael, Nebaioth, then Kedar, Adbil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Mesa, Hadar, Tima, Jeter, Naphish, and Kedemah. These were the sons of Ishmael, and these were their names by their towns and their settlements, twelve princes according to their nations. These were the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years, and he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. They dwelt from Havilah as far as Shur, which is east of Egypt, as you go toward Assyria. He died in the presence of all his brethren. And this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah as wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. But the children struggled together within her, and she said, If all is well, why am I like this? And so she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. And so when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed there were twins in her womb, 
and the first came out red, and he was like a hairy garment all over, and so they called his name Esau. And afterward his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, and so his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was sixty years old when he bore them. And so the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, but Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with the same red stew, for I am weary. And therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die, so what is the birthright to me? And then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. And then he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. And thus Esau despised his birthright. Well, we we began Genesis chapter 25 last week. And chapter 25 is a transitional chapter. Abraham passes off the scene And the focus of Genesis turns to Abraham's son, Isaac, and then to Isaac's son, Jacob. Uh, But before the chapter turns its attention to Isaac, we are given uh, just kind of a final word about Ishmael, just to kind of wrap up uh, the the story of of Ishmael here, Abraham's son through Hagar. Uh, The names of Ishmael's sons are listed for us in verses 13 through 16. And we're told that Ishmael had 12 sons, just like Jacob will have 12 sons as well. The 12 sons of Ishmael become 12 tribes or 12 nations, the tribes of Ishmael. Uh, And the reason we're told this information is, is to show us that this fulfills the promise that God made to Abraham about his son Ishmael, back in chapter 17, verse 20, God said, Behold, I have blessed him, speaking of Ishmael, I will make him fruitful, I will multiply him exceedingly, he shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. And that's exactly what God did. Uh, The descendants of Ishmael settled in uh, the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, And and many of the people groups in the Arabian Peninsula today can trace their lineage back to Ishmael. I want to draw your attention to verse 17, uh, where it says of Ishmael, These were the years of the life of Ishmael, 137 years, and he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people. So Ishmael died, and then, and then after he died, he was gathered to his people. And the same thing was said of Abraham back in verse 8, if you remember from last time we were together. Abraham was gathered to his people. And here we see Ishmael was gathered to his people, which speaks of the afterlife. Ishmael's death reminds us that, that non-believers are gathered to their people too. After they die. You know, Jesus said that there are two roads in in life. There's a narrow road that leads to eternal life. And Jesus said there are a few on that narrow road that's leading to eternal life. And then he said there's a broad road 
that leads to eternal destruction. And there are many people that are on that road and choose that way. And everyone in the world is on one of those two roads. They're either on the narrow road that leads to eternal life or they're on the broad road that leads to eternal destruction. There's not a third road. There's just two. And most people today wrongly believe that the only thing a person must do to get into heaven is die. And that everybody goes to heaven. It doesn't matter how you live your life or what, what you've done or what you believe about God or eternity. Or it, none of that matters. Or, you know, as long as you're a nice person, as long as you were basically uh, a good people say, well, you know, they're in a better place. And everyone goes to heaven. Listen, the Bible says when a non-believer dies, they go to hell. And the Bible describes hell as a place of torment. And when a non-believer dies, he is gathered to his people in hell, separated from God for all eternity. The person who has repented of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ, they have their sins forgiven and they go to heaven when they die to be with Jesus, and they're gathered to their people, other people of faith in Christ. But the person who doesn't repent of their sins and put their faith in Christ will be gathered to their people in hell. And here we see Ishmael is gathered to his people. And so after telling us the kind of these final details to wrap up uh, the story of Ishmael, the focus now turns to, to Isaac, because Isaac is the son of promise. The, the, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, will come from Abraham through Isaac and, and Jacob. So we're not really concerned with Ishmael and what becomes of, of his family, because Isaac is the son of promise. So that's where the focus turns now. And in verse 19, it says, this is the genealogy of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, and we've, we've seen that, we've looked at that. And Isaac was 40 years old. When he took Rebekah as wife, daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. Now look at verse 21. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So Isaac and Rebekah dealt with infertility, as many couples do, sadly. Uh, and Rebecca was unable to conceive a child. And the text will tell us later on that they, they dealt with the pain of infertility for 20 years before she finally conceived and had, had children. But I love Isaac's response to his wife's barrenness here in verse 21. It says he pleaded with the Lord for his wife. Isaac prayed for his wife. And husbands, that's a great example for us to follow. Plead with the Lord on behalf of your wife. Pray for your wife. Yeah, but my wife isn't barren. Well, I'm sure there's some other things you could pray for, for your wife. She's married to you after all. You could pray about that, you know. <laughs> She's going to put up with you. Plead with the Lord for your wife. You know, Jesus praise for his wife, for his bride, the church, right? He ever lives to make intercession for us. And Isaac faithfully prayed for his wife for 20 years before she finally conceived. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says, we should pray and never give up. <laughs> 
We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment, but first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Isaac didn't give up, and finally his wife, Rebecca, conceived. God answered his prayer after 20 years. But verse 22 says, but the children, plural... The children struggled together within her. And so she said, if all is well, why am I like this? You ever ask that? Why am I like this? (laughs) And so she went to inquire of the Lord. Rebecca is pregnant with twin boys. Now, she doesn't know that she's pregnant with twins. The Lord is about to tell her that she's pregnant with twins. Uh, But apparently these two boys were really battling it out in her womb. And brothers are like that. You know, I've got three sons and boys just, they like to just, they're rough. And they like to wrestle and punch and push and hit. And, and they're, they're, they're very physical. Uh, and boys and brothers tend to like to crash around in, in just small, confined spaces where it's just inappropriate. Where you can do that stuff outside or down in the basement. I had a nickel for every time. I said, go down in the basement and do that. Go outside and do that. And here's poor Rebecca, you know, and she's a first-time mom. She's waited 20 years to conceive. God's finally answered her prayer. She's pregnant, and she's miserable. <laughs> this is what you prayed for. And she's got WrestleMania going on inside of her, and elbows poking her, feet kicking her. And so what does Rebecca do? She, she prays to the Lord. She can't go get an ultrasound. She prays. And, and I, I love her prayer in verse 22. Why am I like this? What's going on inside of me? Verse 23, the Lord answered her prayer and revealed to her what was going on. In verse 23, the Lord said to her, well, there's two nations in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other. And note, the older shall serve the, the younger, the, the Lord revealed to Rebecca that she's having twins. Rebecca prayed, why am I like this? And the Lord said, well, you've, you've got two nations inside of you. Two people. And, and they're already at odds with each other. They're already fighting with each other before they're, they're, they're even born. And, and one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the older shall serve the younger instead of the other way around. Meaning the younger will be the son of promise, not the, not the older son. Jacob will be the son of promise, not Esau. The older will serve the younger. Now, if you're a note taker, you can jot down Romans chapter 9. Because in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 9, the Apostle Paul used this choice of Jacob over Esau before their birth as an illustration of God's sovereign choice. God sovereignly chose Jacob. Over Esau, before they were even born, before they were able to do good or evil or anything right or wrong. 
God chose Jacob. And so Rebecca, she has this war going on inside of her, these two nations battling it out inside of her. And her, she says, why am I like this? And listen, give me your attention. We each have two nations inside of us. What do you mean? We have the flesh and the spirit, if you're born again. We all have, if you're born again, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, we, we have the flesh and we have the spirit dwelling in us, and the flesh and the spirit are at odds with each other. They're at war with each other, fighting over control of you and your behavior. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians 5.17. He says, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. The flesh, or your sin nature, and the spirit are constantly, continually in conflict with each, each other inside of you. So the Spirit prompts you to do something spiritual, like read your Bible. And the flesh is right there to say, well, before we do that, let's check our email. And look at the headlines. And check social media. And before you know it, you've spent all of that time distracted and you've run out of time for reading your, your Bible. There's flesh and the spirit fighting. Have you ever noticed that you can sit on your couch and binge watch a TV show for hours to the point that you have to make yourself stop and say, this is the last episode. After this, we're going to bed. Ever try to sit on the couch and pray for hours? It's really, really hard to do. You usually fall asleep in five minutes. Why is it? Why can't I stay up watching TV till three o'clock in the morning, but I can't stay up and pray till three o'clock in the morning? Because there's the flesh and the spirit. And they're both in a war. Why am I like this? Well, there's two nations inside of you. That's why. Your flesh is fighting against the spirit, so you don't do the spiritual things you want to do or wish that you would do. Romans chapter 7, this is exactly what Paul talks about. I don't do the things I want to do. And I do the things I don't want to do. And then it gets to the end of chapter 7. Says, Who will deliver me from this body of death? It's like I've got this dead body I'm dragging around with me that keeps me and prevents me from doing the things that I really want to do. We've got the flesh, we've got the spirit, there's this war going on inside of each of us as believers, and this is why the Bible tells us we have to crucify the flesh daily. Jesus said you have to take up your cross daily. Galatians 5.24 says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Every day we have to choose to put our flesh on the cross and put the flesh to death. Romans 13, 14 says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts and desires. Make no provision for the flesh. Don't 
Accommodate your flesh. Don't indulge your flesh. Starve your flesh. Starve your flesh and feed the spirit. How do we do that? How do we feed the spirit? We feed the spirit by spending time with the Lord in Bible study, in prayer, in fellowship with other believers, ministering to other people in the name of Jesus Christ, serving the Lord. That's how we we feed the spirit. Instead of feeding the flesh, we feed the spirit so that the spirit grows. And hopefully the flesh withers. So now verses 24 to 26, we come to and. Here we have the record of the birth of the twins. Verse 24. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red. (laughs) He was like a hairy garment all over. What a a beautiful baby, right? Uh. So they called his name uh, Esau. He's red, he's ruddy, he's very hairy all over. Uh, So they name him Esau, which means hairy. Not Harry, like short for Harold, but Harry. They put a lot of thought into these names. I don't think they bought one of those baby name books ahead of time. Verse 26. Afterward, his brother came out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob. And we're told Isaac was 60 years old when she bore them. Jacob means heel catcher. He grabs onto Esau's heel, and we'll call him heel catcher. Sounds good. Verse 27. So the boys grew. Now, verse 27 is a real important verse for us here today. So the boys grew, and Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a mild man, dwelling in Now, Esau and Jacob could not be more different or more opposite of each other. It is remarkable how different your children can be from each other. They've come from the same parents. They grew up in the same home and they they can be completely different. You know, if you've got if you've got three kids, you've got three opposite kids. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. You know, they, 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 they can have different interests, different abilities, different passions, different giftings, different likes, and and so on. Every child is uniquely made by God. Esau here, he's described kind of as a rugged boy uh, who liked to hunt, and he was really good at hunting, while his brother, Jacob, is described as a mild man, dwelling in tents. Jacob was a homebody who liked herbal teas and essential oils and romantic comedies and, and that kind of thing. Now listen, listen, I say that as a joke because that is usually how Jacob is portrayed because of this verse. Jacob is usually portrayed as kind of a a mama's boy who likes to stay at home, right? While Esau, his brother, is usually described as this manly man, an outdoorsman who likes to kill stuff. Jacob has received a really bad rap. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Genesis. This Old Testament book of history and the start of what God created teaches you much about God's plan for the future. 
We hope you'll continue to tune in for Pastor Dan's studies. If you ever have any questions about what you've heard or would like someone to pray with, would you give us a call? You can reach us by calling 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. You can also fill out the prayer request form at calvaryec.com. Just click on the Connect tab to access it. We'd love to meet you in person, too. If you're in Columbia, Maryland, please join us this weekend for worship and studying Scripture together at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. There'll be time to meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, too, and to spend time in prayer. We look forward to sharing this time of worship together with you. You'll find service times and directions at our website, calvaryec.com. While you're there, please be sure to check out additional teachings from the Bible, and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Once more, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's much more to gain through this study through the book of Genesis, so be sure to join us next time on Ring of Truth.